When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. This is Lauren Lester, the voice of Robin and Nightwing. And you're listening to the DCAU Review. Hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com. And on your favorite podcast app. Gotham City is out of control. An entire city screaming in fear. Super villains walk the streets, preying on the innocent. They will learn the true nature of power. The police are powerless. A creature prowls this urban wasteland. Is that? He moves in darkness. For some, he is a rumor, a name whispered in the corridors of the underworld, waiting for the chance to strike. Let every criminal know the acid taste of fear. You crazy! Gotham has forgotten what justice means. The Dark Knight is here to remind them. Batman. Good guys wear black. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 228 of the DCAU Review. I am Liam, and with me as he always is, is Cal. Cal, uh, we are wrapping up this month of September, uh, but rather than a regular Batman the Animated Series episode review... We are going back to an old favorite, so to speak, here, as we are bringing you yet another character spotlight episode this week. And uh, we've got some uh, some big anniversaries to mark with, uh, with this choice for a character spotlight. We sure do, Liam. Uh, as you mentioned, we, uh, we are celebrating this month the 30th anniversary of Batman the Animated Series, which means that... Uh, in theory, then, any character that made its debut in Batman the Animated Series would also likely be celebrating a number similar to that. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, a uh, probably one of DC's most popular intellectual properties of the last uh, decade or so, and somebody who certainly has, uh, has been pushed to the front uh, especially in their uh, in, in various versions of their live action media, I would say over the last uh, eight years or so, maybe maybe shorter than that, six years, eight years, 
is uh, is a character that wouldn't you know it uh, created not only created by the, uh, the the same people responsible for Batman the animated series, but um, thus made her debut during the Batman the animated series. In case you haven't figured it out, if you haven't haven't read the title of the episode yet, we're doing a DC character spotlight uh, on one Harleen Quinzel, aka Harley Quinn. That's right, celebrating her thirtieth anniversary. Uh, of, since her debut uh, way back on September the 11th, 1992. Uh, so uh, yeah, man, 30 years from uh, from the day that she appeared in her first episode of Batman the Animated Series. So uh, if you haven't heard one of our spotlight episodes before, what we're going to do is this is just volume one of, of Harley. She's got a lot of appearances in the DCU, <laughs> obviously beyond just uh, just the uh, the Batman animated series. Her her appearances continued up and including uh, ba- the new Batman adventures, and uh, you know made some appearances in Superman, and uh, even even later on in some of the tie-in movies. And has uh, up to up to recently is one of the more recent appearances in DCAU continuity tie-in films. So uh, she's still making appearances today, but we're going to be do- uh, dealing with just uh, some of her initial appearances in Batman the animated series here in volume one and uh, we'll leave some of those uh, later appearances for uh for another time absolutely yeah we kind of we kind of kept it to what is as we've been talking about the last few weeks we've just uh completed the the first 65 episodes of batman the animated series were considered the first season that was the initial episode order that they got from fox kids at the time uh, imagine just getting a an order for 65 episodes of a show right off the bat i don't i don't think that happens in children's television or regular television anymore but uh but yes as you uh as as with that uh, capper as we've reached the end of that first season and have broken into the the later half or the later third, I guess it would be your fourth of the, uh, of the remaining BTAS episodes we had, we thought we would cap it at those first 65 episodes and look at Harley's appearances within that first season. And uh, she has quite a few memorable ones, Cal, of course, as you mentioned, created for this series by Paul Dini and Bruce Tim. Uh, as as the story goes, as has been told and retold hundreds and hundreds of times, probably by Mr. <laughs> Dini, especially, is that you know he you know he had such an affinity for the old Adam West Batman series, and a lot of those episodes, the Joker or the Riddler, whoever the villain was of the week, would have like a a hench girl in in his in, in their crew, and they would have some sort of gimmick name that was sort of representative of whatever villain they were, uh, they were working for. So he kind of took that to heart. And uh, at the same time, also sort of had his, his friend Arlene Sorkin in mind, as he uh, recalled that she had years earlier uh, on a, on an episode of days of our lives and some sort of sort of trippy dream sequence had played a, a court gesture in a, in a scene. And uh, so kind of marrying that together, Paul Dini's uh, brilliant mind with, uh, with Bruce Tim's art artistic flair. And then of course you add in, uh, what is, uh, as Bruce Tim referred to her, Harley's mom, uh, Arlene Sorkin as the, the voice actress and also someone who, you know, gave a lot of the personality that became second nature to Harley as her, as she continued to make appearances come on. So those three came together for the first time in the course in the episode Joker's Favor, Harley's very first appearance in any media uh, on September 11, 1992. 
And while she isn't the main player in that episode, certainly, and there were certainly some some things ironed out, this is long before Mad Love, where we knew about this sort of deeper, darker connection to the Joker. But here in, in just her first outing, not only does she, you know, we, we get introduced to her and her costume and her, her way of speaking, but she also gets to uh, play dress up and, uh, and uh, put a bomb on, on Commissioner Gordon's lapel and, and, and dress up as a cop and give a, give a couple of uh, 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 one-liners to Harvey Bullock, who's being a bit lascivious at the time. So not while she is definitely not the main focus of that, uh, that episode, uh, it, she does uh, make a memorable first appearance here. <laughs> Here's to Gotham's Commissioner G. You lock up the weirdos, the crooks, and the geeks. You're a hero to all the boys in blue. But this time, Davy, the joke's on you. Absolutely. And and not just because she's her appearance is, is directly responsible for what we have dubbed one of, if not the single greatest line in <laughs> Batman, the animated series where the Joker is putting together this plan. The 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 whole plot revolves around him seeking revenge against Commissioner Gordon. And there's this ceremony that they're having to honor Commissioner Gordon. So they're going to they're going to break in and and uh, sort of sabotage everything and, and kill not only Commissioner Gordon but the mayor and uh, other politicians as well. But uh, we we get to, we get the the famous, especially here on the DCAU, look at the size of that cake man explanation <laughs> uh, delivered only the way that Mark Hamill could, and uh, it's tremendous, absolutely fantastic. And sh- without her, you know, the Joker was upset that uh, that. <laughs> This uh, Charlie was expecting Harley to uh, to push the push the cake all by herself when, you know, look at and open the door at the same time. You know, that she can't do both at the same time. Think. OK, Chaz, when Harley knocks on the door three times, you open it. And that's it. Wait, that's a favor. You called me here just to open a door? Well, look at the size of that cake, man. She can't open the door and push it in all at once. Think! But yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, that, that uh, besides that, there's uh, some quite some memorable moments there. And uh, Harley doesn't get as many comedic moments in that uh, she's not she's not the butt of the joke and she, there's not the, the dynamic of the, uh, the sort of abusive relationship that the Joker and, and Harley have as much in that episode. So she's very much just sort of played off as a lackey for the Joker. And as you mentioned, her her role of placing the bomb directly on Commissioner Gordon uh, looms large as she impersonates a, uh, a police officer and even has a chance to dole out some justice to a very misogynistic Harvey Bullock as well <laughs> in that same scene. So, yes, it's uh, it's to me, I think what what is interesting is that this adds 
another dynamic to the Joker character. And initially, uh, you know, you think Batman, of course, has Robin to, to bounce dialogue off of and, and to, you know, to be the comedic foil. But if you have the, the Joker, who is a comedic character himself, he doesn't quite have a, a sidekick on, with which to, uh, to trade barbs with or to, uh, to hand things off traditionally. So this really gave him an opportunity to, to have somebody there in his corner, a femme fatale. Uh, and and in early on here, uh, I think just created an extra layer to that that Joker character. And what's interesting is is that's what it did initially. But then, as we'll talk about, Harley very much developed into her own separate character and has continued to do so uh, some thirty years later. That's right, Cal. And if you're interested in hearing our full review of that episode, you can go back to episode thirty six of our show. Uh, where we reviewed Joker's favor in full, gave our full scores there. But uh, moving on from there, Cal, our next appearance for Harley in this first season of Batman the Animated Series. Man, the hits just keep coming uh, when you get to The Laughing Fish, one of maybe one of the all-time great and most beloved episodes of this series, obviously based on some comics from the 70s by Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams, but sort of mashed together and given that uh, that Paul, Paul Dini, je ne sais quoi, and uh, as, as you have this ridiculous plot of the Joker putting using his Joker toxin to make all of the fish have these big hideous grins on their face and, and then trying to copyright... <laughs> the fish <laughs> and uh, seeking uh, bloody revenge on the uh, on the copyright office that refuses to grant him his wish uh, and uh, in the process uh, while again Harley not the star of this episode I think we again begin we begin to develop that comedic timing not only in 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 the writing style or or in some of the the physical comedy that we see on screen as as we get to in this episode, but also that that interplay between, of course, Mark Hamill as the Joker and Arlene Sorkin as as uh, as Harley really starts to uh, I think come together here. Oh, absolutely. We get so much from the filming of the Joker fish commercial and her <laughs> in that she hates the taste of fish. And <laughs> Wondering what to feed the family tonight. What'll I feed the family tonight? Arr, try me famous joker fish. They're smiling smelt, giggling grouper, and happy haddock. This could cause a stampede to pork. Yummy, yum, yum. Eat it. Uh, Mr. J, I have this little problem with fish. Yum, yum, yum. Yes, friends, that's Jokerfish. <laughs> Tasty, tempting, and of course, naturally, naturally low in cholesterol. Coming to your local store just as soon as that nasty old Mr. G. Carl Francis decides to give me my legal cut of the province. Not only do we get that, the, the voices playing off each other, but we begin to develop more of who Harley is, what her relationship to the Joker is, how abusive he is to her, uh, and how uh, she's, she's just sort of the butt of the joke, regardless of the fact that she clearly is endeared to this man, uh, that he's, he's, 
he's not uh, he's not so endeared to her that he won't make her uh, the laughing stock for for him or uh, for the his his fellow henchmen. So uh, or his his other uh, henchmen uh, outside of Harley. So, yeah, there's a lot that that's played on that. I, th- I think famously when he <laughs> when he jams her inside the fish costume also <laughs> is another another uh, another joke as she claims that she wants to be a mermaid. So he, he makes her have fish, but it's just the top half that she ends up being a fish. So if this lunch meat figured out where we are, Batman won't be far behind. And why spoil my sharky's appetite when I can feed him bigger fish? Mm. <laughs> Again with the fish. I hate fish. And no offense, Mr. J. Poor Harley. This caper's been kind of rough on you, hasn't it? Uh-huh. Cheer up! You can be my very own little mermaid. Oh. <laughs> You're really sick, you know that, boss? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 quite the laugh. Uh, that episode, uh, which is episode 81 in the archives, both at DCAUreview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Uh, but Liam, yeah, that's uh, that's that's one I believe. Don't quote me on this. Actually, quote me on it. I'm I'm almost certain that ended up being a a perfect score from from myself. That was a, a very highly ranked episode from my recollection from both of us. It's a classic for so many reasons. Uh, but yeah, I, I think when it comes to Harley, you begin to understand that dynamic that she's not only Joker's lackey and that she's goes along with these ridiculous plans, but you begin to see that, uh, you know, that it's, it's a relationship that is very much one-sided that Harley cares for Joker and has more than just a, a, you know, peer to peer villain uh, relationship going on here that she really is, uh, is sort of infatuated with him, but he does not, uh, does not treat her with a, uh, with respect or love in return. So you, you lay the foundation for what's going to be, you know, laid out later on in some of the episodes that we talk about going forward, but yeah, you, you get some, some great comedy between the two, the two characters and, and you flesh out a little bit of uh, just who this Harley character is. And, and that's just in her second appearance. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, I, the Joker throwing the fish head on her and, and (laughs) the visual of just her eyes peering out of the mouth of the fish head and telling the Joker, you're really sick. You know, that boss. Yeah, uh, it's fantastic. It's uh, the the delivery of some of those lines in that episode, and he cackles like he he cackles mm-hmm. at her saying that. So <laughs> yes, he's yeah, his enjoyment of other people, even Harley's pain, is on is on full display in that episode for sure. And uh, from there, other than a a quick cameo appearance in uh, in Joker's Wild, where we see her uh, her picture in like a uh, like group of files and news clippings about the Joker. And then of course, I believe some of the, uh, some of the waitresses at the Joker's wild casino are dressed like her, but not a full appearance there, but uh, we're, we're marking down all of them. Even the, even the minor ones, just to be really nitpicky here. Yeah. If, if you'd wanted to hear us break down Joker's wild in more detail, of course you could, you could head over to episode 94 of the podcast, which as Cal said, you could hear on your favorite podcast app, on the Pod Tower YouTube channel or at dcaureview.com. Not much actual Harley in there, but, <laughs> but she's there. So yeah, uh, she, we wanted to, she's we wanted visually to 
her visual is there at least as you mentioned we, there's a scene where batman's sort of flipping through a book that the the owner of this casino has uh he's looking through the owner of this casino's files and he happens to upon a collection of photographs and things that uh that he's collected to sort of base this casino on the whole idea being he's created this casino using the joker's likeness in an attempt for the joker to get angry enough to blow up the casino in order for him to be able to get the insurance money but yeah not har- other than uh, some of the waitresses and people working in the casino and and the photograph uh, dressed as as harley we don't uh we don't get an actual appearance from harley nor do we get any uh, arlene sorkin for this episode yes. although ironically as we'll talk about in a little bit here it does set up like a bit of an antagonistic relationship between poison ivy and the joker which mm-hmm. Will come into play a little bit later in the uh, in the season there, but from there we go to just an all time classic, maybe the all time classic episode of the series. If you're asking a lot of people, uh, that is of course almost got him the uh, the absolute epic tale of all of the biggest villains in Gotham City surrounding a, a card table as they recount different stories of almost offing the Batman before he was able to get away. And while it seems like Harley is going to be reduced to a very minor cameo once again as, as sort of Joker's Ed McMahon in his, uh, <laughs> his talk show segment that we get, his, uh, his Andy Richter, if probably a more... That's also not a current reference because the show has been over for two years. I'm sorry. Whoever Jimmy Fallon's guy is that he plays off of. uh, Yeah, you know that guy? He has glasses, I think. Yeah, the guy that used to be on, used to be a writer for SNL. I don't know. Do people watch talk shows anymore? I I don't know. It's Late Night Gotham Live! And here's the man who puts a smile on your face, whether you want it or not. The Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, anyway, Harley, you, you might think that Harley is only once again getting a bit part. But actually, once uh, once Batman reveals himself and and the rest of the uh, Gotham police force comes in to capture all of the crooks, that leaves Harley by herself with Catwoman all tied up. And uh, she's preparing to turn her 
into cat to mince her into cat food as uh, as Batman arrives to try to stop her. So we kind of, even though that episode's all about kind of the biggest and the baddest and the bad when it comes to Batman's rogues gallery, Harley kind of ends up being like our little epilogue final boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, she, she, as you mentioned, she makes a in, in Joker's story where he's telling all about what's going on. We do. Uh, we do get a little bit of her reading out of the phone book, which is, uh, you know, it's a joke. Uh, they <laughs> pumped laughing gas into the studio audience, so everything is is funny and making them laugh. But for a real demonstration, we're pumping our studio audience full of my patented laughing gas. <laughs> These yahoos laugh at anything now, even the phone book. <laughs> Batman is strapped to this chair that is uh, going to uh, shock him with a, it's called the laugh-o-meter. So the uh, electricity <laughs> increases based on, you know what, when you say this out loud, this sounds really much, uh, a lot like a Batman 66 plot. I'm just going to really throw does. that out there. You know? <laughs> so they strapped to an electric chair that is powered by laughter and uh, he pumps the studio audience full of laughing gas. And so Harley uh, begins to demonstrate that just about anything is funny by reading names out of the, out of the phone book. So that's quite amusing. She does manage to escape though as uh as catwoman shows up attempting to foil batman and uh or the joker's plan rather for for killing batman and, and manages to do so but we get sort of the end of the story interrupted before uh we find out what's happened only as you mentioned for it to be revealed she's taken catwoman to a kitty food uh, factory <laughs> again she's on a conveyor belt a very batman 66 style ending as uh, she's moments away from being uh, torn to shreds by a, a rotating saw, but Batman, of course, manages to, to break in, stop the saw, save the girl, and then is uh, is in hot pursuit of Harley and able to capture her at the end there. So again, not a whole lot, uh, but you, as you mentioned, she ends up sort of being the, the ultimate battle at the end there and uh, the person responsible for almost offing one of Batman's uh, dearest love interests. So uh, you, uh, you do get a little bit of a sense that she, while she may not be considered uh, amongst Gotham's criminals as an equal to sit at the table and, uh, and to play, play a game of poker with them, uh, he certainly, or she certainly is rather uh, quite formidable and, and, and trust uh, the Joker trusted her enough to, to be responsible for offing Catwoman uh, as, as revenge. So, yeah, uh, we get a little bit of the dynamic added to that character there, but uh, there's not, there's not much, much for her to do in an episode that's m m uh, remembered for a, a lot more uh, than, than the ending part there. Yeah, it does. It does have maybe uh, in an episode that's chock full of some great one liners and funny bits. The the moment where he he sort of grabs her and she she asks him, you know, if he's is he going to kick her around or save or save Catwoman? And then he notices there's a circuit breaker right next to him and he just <laughs> switches it off. And she, she she very much like a like a Daffy Duck cartoon or something. You just hear you go, help. And then and then it kind of cuts as you hear like a punch. 
sound effect. It's a, it's a, yeah, there's some, some very good uh, comedic, comedic stuff for her to do, even in a minor role there. And uh, of course, if you wanted to hear our full review of that one, I really recommend you go back and listen to that one if you haven't heard it. Uh, back in episode 131, it wasn't just Cal and I along for the ride. We also had best friend of the show, Monica Kubina, along with us for that one. Had an absolute blast talking with her. And the just the way Monica breaks down, like the visual style of that episode is so cool. It's like one of my favorite things we've ever done on our show. Absolutely. Yeah. It's you, you kind of just have to hear it to, to appreciate it, but somebody who professionally works with colors and color palettes and artwork, a professional comic book artist breaking down some of the visuals and the, the choices that the artists made uh, for this episode. It's, it's really fascinating. And if, if you're a nerd like us, it's uh, you're, you'll, you'll be in heaven because we were, it was great. Absolutely. Yeah, one, definitely one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. And uh, speaking of favorite episodes of, uh, of Batman the Animated Series, again, just, just, just heavyweight contender after heavyweight contender here. Uh, an episode, again, that not only doesn't really focus that much on Harley, but does focus on, uh, and even doesn't really focus on the Joker that much, but another classic uh, Paul Dini written tale, The Man Who Killed Batman. Uh, it was this, this sort of low, low, uh, low rent would be thug Sid the Squid, seemingly has accidentally off the Dark Knight and is sort of uh, forest gumping himself through a night <laughs> of uh, of Gotham City's underworld, and even eventually runs afoul of the Joker and Harley. And uh, I mean, the the Hall of Fame moment of this episode is uh, the kazoo playing, right? You know what's great about you, Puddin? You really put the fun in funeral. Dear friends, today is the day the clown cried. <laughs> and he cries not for the passing of one man, but for the death of a dream. The dream that he would someday taste the ultimate victory over his hated enemy. For it was the Batman who made me the happy soul I am today. How I agonized over the perfect way to thank him for that. Perhaps with a cyanide pie in the face. <laughs> Or an exploding whoopee cushion playfully planted in the Batmobile. <laughs> but those dreams were dashed by the weasley little gunsel sitting there in our midst. Oh, absolutely. It's the it's the fake tears to start the, the <laughs> Batman funeral uh, as they as they drop a pine box with a cowl in it, because that's all that Sid managed to get uh, when he, quote unquote, off to the Batman was he grabbed him by the cape and his cowl uh, ripped off of Batman's body as he seemingly fell to his doom. So as Sid brings the cape and cowl to the Joker and and, uh, and they have this mock funeral of a of a casket uh, being or a coffin rather being uh, ridden down a conveyor belt into a into a barrel of acid. Uh, we get uh, it's not only some 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 crocodile tears from from Harley, but as you mentioned, uh, as the conveyor belt begins to move and 
Joker is delivering quite the eulogy. She begins playing a a, a kazoo, <laughs> playing <laughs> taps, um, or amazing no, playing amazing. amazing. It's amazing. Yes. It's sort of structured like uh, Spock's funeral at the end of one of those Star Trek movies. But... There you go. Would it help if I said I'm sorry? Chinese. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's incredible. Again, not not a whole lot for for her to do for the episode, but those those two points, very very well executed, very comedic, uh, giving that that sick edge uh, of of humor that uh, is so associated with the Joker, and seeing that it's not limited to him, that uh, it's sort of rubbed off on Harley, and she has her own sick, demented sense of humor. <laughs> that way as well and uh especially after uh, immediately after when uh when sid is kicked into the coffin as it begins rolling down the uh the conveyor belt we get uh we get more kazoo played and yeah it's it's great uh, there's some there's some great moments there uh in 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 what is a small appearance from her but uh, certainly memorable it's it has one moment which the kazoo which you've already mentioned which is worth talking about because uh, as the story goes, I think this is in the the Batman animated book that was uh, done by Paul Dini and Chip Kidd several years ago. Unfortunately, it's no longer in print, but uh, I think there's a story in that book about uh, that Arlene Sorkin is actually playing the kazoo in that scene. <laughs> and uh, and she actually got that, uh, the, that rendition of Amazing Grace in one take. And everyone was very thankful that she was able to nail it in one take because they didn't think that anyone would be able to keep from laughing if she had to do it a second time because of Absolutely. just how funny it is. Yeah. Um, and then that, and of course, the the immortal line of put in, you really put the fun in funeral. I think <laughs> a, an all-time great line for, for Harley there. Absolutely. And uh, if you're interested in checking out that review, we did that one on episode 152 of the DCAU review. So uh, check that out. Well worth it. And uh, definitely one of the, the classic episodes um, of uh, of Batman the Animated Series that features a little bit of, of Harley Quinn that's uh, equally memorable. Absolutely, Cal. And from there, we move on to really a real, real big, important episode, not just for Harley, not just for the series, but for like DC Comics as a whole. Uh-huh. Uh, and that is the first ever pairing of Harley Quinn in, and Poison Ivy in the aptly titled Harley and Ivy. Not only is it our, our real first chance of seeing uh, Harley outside of a, a jo- even though the Joker is part of this story, it's, it's you know, the, the, the plot of the episode is that, you know, she and the Joker kind of have their first big falling out, at least the first that we've seen anyway. And uh, she kind of strikes out on her own. And then and, and she and, and Ivy proved to be kind of this incredibly formidable Thelma and Louise style uh, crime duo 
and uh and it kind of leaves the joker like this hapless like divorced dad trying to take care of the hyenas and and uh and the rest of the the thugs in his in his hideout and he's you know he can't can't find his his clothes he's in like a, a wife beater and his boxers and I just it's 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 so much fun for that reason but obviously the the harley and ivy pairing to say the least it's like you talk about one of the most important uh decisions made by this series as as what came down to, hey, wouldn't it be fun to team Harley up with another, you know, female villain in this series? And now it's, you know, now they're they're, they're a big uh, money couple and and duo in DC Comics for for the cartoons, for potentially in movies, and and certainly in in the comics as well. Yeah, who to who to thunk that uh, you know that pairing would lead to not only a uh, you know a, a a relatively memorable episode, an important uh, episode not only for the series but uh, ultimately, like you said, for for DC Comics future as we've seen tie-in comics and we'll mention in a little bit, but uh, you know, you, well, we won't mention those comics because this doesn't, it's not quite, we haven't quite advanced that. It's probably volume two, but we, you get a Harley and Ivy, you know, tie-in comic. Eventually you have even the current Harley Quinn animated series, their relationship is blossomed into a romantic relationship. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's, that's been one of the, 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 the sort of the paramount relationships and and pairings for uh, for DC over the last decade, and certainly with the popularity of Harley growing, uh, choosing choosing that to pair them together just seems so natural and and second nature. But realizing that it all started with this episode and a fun one at that, as you mentioned, uh, lots of lots of funny bits as they they sort of become a pair by accident as they both end up robbing the same uh, museum i think it is and uh mm-hmm. then because of that uh, and and escaping needing to escape together they get in the same car and they end up going back to heart to ivy's where ivy's staying and there's some some comedy that happens there is as harley and ivy begin this this crime spree that they go on and they're gaining a lot of recognition as you mentioned the joker is getting more and more frustrated that Harley isn't there and wants to know just kind of where she is. And once he finds out that she's been paired up with, with uh, Ivy, uh, you, you start to see the Joker begin to be manipulative and attempt to woo her back. And uh, it's this struggle that Harley is having between recognizing that he's abusive and manipulative and, and really feeling like maybe he's changed his ways and he really does want her and maybe she should go back and... Mr. J, Mr. J. Oh, change the record, Harl. You want to be some wacko's victim the rest of your life? Mr. J? Harley? Hi, buddy. You still angry with me? (laughs) Honey, baby, pumpkin pie. You know I can't hold a grudge. Where are you? With a friend. Look, I can't talk, but I wanted to let you know I'm okay. Oops. Gotta go. I'll talk to you soon. Sooner than you think. Ultimately, that leads to the Joker crashing their party at at Ivy's lair, and we get uh, a culmination that ultimately ends up with the three of them having a fight with Batman in the midst of it. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot in that episode. That's, that's funny. And, and, and that, uh, that's, 
that ends up being uh, some some seminal moments for the character. But I think I think overall it's memorable not only for the pairing, but really letting Harley stand out on her own. Even though she has Ivy as a supporting character for the episode, you really learn a lot about this relationship. And and even though Harley uh, seemingly brings back the Joker, and we see you know her her regrettably get back into a relationship with him and lead him right to the house. Uh, where where they're staying, it, she once again asserts her independence as she she and Har- uh, she and Ivy attempt to break away. But uh, we know that this isn't the end of of, of Joker and, and Harley being paired together. But yeah, it's a it's a fun episode. There's lots of comedy uh, in the in the episode. Some some comedic things happening, especially when Ivy begins forcing Harley to be a vegetarian and. <laughs> Uh, you know, giving her immunity shots so that she uh, she isn't affected by the the toxins on the on the uh, on the land that they're staying. So yeah, there's there's some good memorable stuff here. Not 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 even, uh, for, first and foremost though, I think that the pairing is obviously the, uh, the the most impactful thing about this episode. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's it's a really fun one. It's just it's our first chance to see Harley, as we said kind of like in, in almost got on where we see her kind of on her own for a bit. It's, it's really fun to just see her paired with another character besides the Joker. Um, so it's, it's kind of fun to see that, that dynamic set up here. And obviously, like you said, it, it, it would blossom uh, flower pun very much intended uh, into, uh, into quite a bit uh, more as the years went on, but yeah, this is kind of the, uh, the starting point from that. And uh, it's, it's a big deal. Um, and if you'd like to hear our review, View of that episode you can tune in to episode 179 of the dcau review liam uh if you want to hear that full review and uh yeah so not that not that long ago it was uh, uh last october so uh, just about a year ago but uh yeah well worth checking out some some there's some good joker moments in there too but if you're looking for a a harley centric episode and delving into the psyche of Harley and, and really learning a little bit more about her, uh, her, you know, the way that she feels about the Joker, but beginning to have this conflict of recognizing that he's really, really, really uh, abusive to her. And, and Ivy is doing her best to try and open her eyes to that. We begin to kind of first see her, her realization that this is an, an unhealthy type of relationship, even if she ends up sort of going back to him at the end. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, 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 it's major for, uh, for a lot of different things as we've played out there. And it's, it's also just a really fun episode. Like you said, the, the comedy really hits there between the, the sort of the odd couple pairing of poison Ivy and Harley. And then, like we said, the, the Harley and Joker stuff of them sort of fighting like the, like the old married couple and, and all that is a lot of fun as well. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of uh, enjoyment to be had in that episode, uh, even beyond what it sort of went on to create. And uh, from there, we move all the way to the the last episode of the first season, that being an episode we reviewed just a couple of weeks ago in episode 226 of our show. Uh, that would be The Worry Men. And once again, this is not a major appearance, but it is worth noting that uh, among the sort of the, the marionette puppets that the Mad Hatter uh, sort of sticks on Batman, all with various deadly weapons attached to them. Not only is there a Riddler and a Penguin and a Joker in the box, but there's also a a very memorable sequence there as Batman is uh, contending with Harley a Harley Quinn marionette. 
Yes. Uh, so she, we know that uh, she's at least moved up in the pecking order here to be considered a, uh, one of, one of uh, Batman's formidable foes is uh, the, 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 the effigies that uh, the Mad Hatter chooses to create or have his minions create heart. We, again, we, we're not sure who creates these things. We're, we're just guessing here. <laughs> I choose to think that the Mad Hatter was up late at night, sewing costumes together in order to create uh, more accurate versions of these, these robots and or mannequins. But uh, yeah, we, uh, we amongst a, a penguin and, and Riddler effigy, as well as uh, in the background, we see Mr. Freeze and Clayface and, um, uh, the as we, uh, the Joker in the box, as you already mentioned, uh, we get a, a marionette puppet of Harley Quinn. So uh, now this that episode was, uh, of course, directed by Paul Dini. So very, very possible that Mr. Dini just wanted to uh, to uh, insert one his his proud creation into the episode. Uh, but uh, it, it fits well. No, uh, no vocals or anything like that. It's simply just a, a marionette puppet that uh, assumes the same likeness and, and costume as one Harley and Quinzel. But yeah, Liam, I think if anything, it just made the statement that this is a character that is uh, in the upper echelon of, of Batman baddies. And certainly uh, while this marionette puppet ultimately was foiled, at least for, for a moment, it seems like it uh, it may have be as deadly as Harley. So yeah, we get a, a little bit of fun there. And uh, I think just elevation of her status as uh, amongst the, the bad baddest of the bads in the, uh, the rogues gallery. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really fun sequence in, uh, in an episode we just recently talked about. But uh, yeah, a lot of fun to see her mixed in there with uh, some of the other more recognizable rogues gallery from the series. And uh, yeah, Cal, so that will wrap up our first season as far as her televised appearances go. However, Harley Quinn also made her way into several of the DCAU tie-in books. Uh, specifically, we'll be looking at a couple of her appearances from Batman Adventures Volume 1 here. Uh, most famously, of course, perhaps being that being Batman Adventures, or should we say Batgirl Adventures, number 12, where once again, she's not only paired with Poison Ivy, but we also see a, a pre-the-events-of-Shadow-of-the-Bat uh, Barbara Gordon dressing up as Batgirl for a costume party and uh, foiling Harley and, uh, and Ivy's plans. That, uh, that issue is, of course, written by the, by, by the great Kelly Puckett and uh, with art with uh, one, of the, one of the great DCAU tie-in artists, Mike Parabek, and actually inks by Rick Burchett. So pencils by one of the greats and, and inks by another DCAU great and, and Rick Burchett there. So uh, great, uh, great, great issue. And it's, a, it's a incredibly iconic. Like that's a cover that is probably one of the most homaged covers in the modern era, I think. Mm -hmm. You'll see comics that have nothing to do with Batman or Batgirl or Harley Quinn will homage this cover just because it's become so iconic. Yeah, and it's one that if you have it in your collection, it's uh, it's well worth uh, taking a look in and seeing if you can dig it up and find it, uh, because it's it's worth quite a bit of pennies uh, depending on its condition. Uh, uh, just checking out some some uh, general uh, consensus of what it might be worth. Uh, I I believe a uh, a nine point six graded version of this comic uh, last sold for about eleven $1 hundred dollars. So. Phew. 
Uh, yeah, that's uh, it's quite the quite the piece, and obviously it's been reprinted ad nauseum. So that would be the original original Batman Adventures uh, number twelve that we're speaking of directly there. But yeah, technically that is the first appearance of Harley in any sort of printed form. So it's considered that first issue for a character that uh, now, as we mentioned, thirty years old and has. Uh, risen to such great heights of popularity in, in, in popular culture these days, you know, whether probably uh, over the last five years the, or five to six years, whenever the, uh, the Suicide Squad movie came out, the first one, mm-hmm. not the Suicide Squad, Suicide <laughs> Squad came out, um, I, I, you know, it's probably amongst the top, uh, top choices for, for Halloween costumes, uh, it's, uh, you know, people that shop at Hot Topic are a big fan, you know, so because of <laughs> because of her growing popularity and main, mainstream recognition now, uh, as is the case with with most characters, first appearances in comic book form that uh, that comic book could uh, fetch you a, a pretty penny. So, uh, yeah, check your uh, check your attic or your basement uh, and, and see if you have a, uh, a decent copy and you might want to look into getting that graded. Absolutely. Uh, could definitely be an investment. That's a gosh, that could be like a down payment on a used car or something like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And of course, elsewhere in the tie in books, one other one I'd like to highlight would be uh, Batman Adventures number 28, which was also written by Mr. Puckett with uh, with art again by Mr. Burchett and Mr. Parabek. Uh, this is this is much more of a comedic episode as, or issue here as uh, it involves Har- uh, Harley dressing up as a doctor who kind of just looks like Albert Einstein, uh, <laughs> but she she he goes by Doctor Heimlich, uh-huh. uh, and uh, and she's sort of trying to. Uh, to prove to Batman and some of the uh, the other folks at Arkham Asylum that are there that uh, that the Joker has changed his ways and that uh, things have uh, have really t- turned around for him and of course the uh, the charade is uh, is is then sort of unfolded and it, it doesn't really work out but it's a, it's another quite uh, quite iconic cover as well I think by by uh, Mr. Parabek and Mr. Burchett there is sort of Harley. Uh, with her hands clasped, sort of dreaming of a better world of her and the Joker uh, roasting Batman and some uh, some marshmallows over an open fire. It's a it's a pretty uh, pretty great cover as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a, it's definitely a memorable one. It's one you, I didn't even have to think too too hard. Once you said twenty eight, I was like, oh, that's the one where where Harley's dreaming of them them roasting Batman. So yeah, instantly <laughs> memorable cover. And, and I think the the visual that I remember from that comic is where she lays a uh, a kiss right on the Joker while still in full disguise, and the mustache comes off. Yes, to the Joker's <laughs> face, and it's you know it's at that point that the jig is up. So that's the thing that I remember most about that comic it's definitely pretty pretty funny uh but uh yeah if you have uh, any of the comic book apps it's certainly worth a uh worth worth a worth a read or or a review if you've read it before but certainly a, an entertaining tale with some good artwork in, in as well that's right cal and of course if you're talking about you know famous dcau tie-in comic books involving harley quinn there's probably none bigger or more important than that of course being Mad Love, um, which as although folks may be more familiar with the new Batman Adventures episode, which we will certainly cover somewhere down the road. We uh, we do, of course, have the original version, which was released as a, a one shot Batman Adventures Mad Love number one. 
and uh, of course written by both Paul Dini and Bruce Tim, with art by uh, with Bruce Tim as well. It's uh, it's the definitive origin story, which again you've seen replicated in things like the Suicide Squad movies and the cartoon and other cartoon appearances that she's made since then, and the Arkham video games. Like this is uh, again, we'll probably cover this more in further detail once we've actually covered that episode, and so maybe in a, a volume two for Harley, we would cover this in more depth. But it, everything that uh, that that came at later, you talk about like the Harley and Ivy pairing. The uh, you know pretty much that that episode is almost a page for page or scene for scene remake of that comic. So it's it's a it's an incredibly important book, and it was just sort of released at the time as this kind of little fun throwaway origin story for Harley, but it becomes like this ultimate, uh, you know, it's, it becomes her ultimate origin for pretty much every version of the character, no matter how, how different the character gets and, you know, the design or even the characterization to an extent you, uh, you know, it always kind of comes back to that initial origin of her as the psychiatrist and, and the Joker kind of twisting and, and breaking her mind and ultimately her having this, horrific moment where he throws her out of a window and you know in the end and she's she still uh you know she still goes back to him at the end or still thinks of him as an angel at the end of the book so it's it's an incredibly important piece and it all kind of starts in this uh this one issue of this uh this standalone batman story told by two of the most important creators uh from the series yeah absolutely we get the the origin of of the name so harleen quinzel dr harleen quinzel in fact and uh as you mentioned becomes the uh the defining origin for her uh in pretty much every medium that we've we've encountered her in both in in mainstream dc continuity and movies and and in live action and in other animated movie universes which uh it's pretty much all all the same so that all started with that uh that very legendary comic book from uh, the two people that that created her that uh, uh, believe once won some awards or at least it was nominated for some Eisner awards and uh, so it's uh, yeah it's it's a uh, it's a classic as you mentioned adapted later on for the new Batman adventures and uh, we'll, we'll have a lot of fun once we get to that episode breaking that down and talking about the differences and, and similarities between the the printed version and, and the actual animated version but yeah hard to uh, hard to hard to move past her printed uh, run in the, the Batman adventures uh, volume one without talking about that that very very important one shot so uh yeah great great uh great point absolutely cal and as we move on to our sort of final section of these character spotlight episodes we're going to take a brief look at some and i stress some because there is an exorbitant amount of harley quinn <laughs> great word <laughs> merchandise specifically harley quinn batman the animated series even if we just keep it to that there is uh, there is quite a few, of course. Like everything else, she has a Funko Pop, but uh, we'll we'll <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll move on. We'll move on from couple that. variations, no doubt, too. Oh yes, one hundred percent. I think there's a blacklight version and and mm -hmm. stuff. So yeah, lots lots of lots of Funko merch. Absolutely, and uh, and of course, speaking of her statues, which I don't know, is Funko a statue? I don't know what that is. It's it's I don't know. It's a collectible. <laughs> sure. Speaking of the collectibles, we'll move over to statues next, and 
again, if even just looking at animated DCAU Harley statues, there's so many. Yep. Uh, so trying to focus on just ones that are appropriate for this this volume one. Uh, we looked. I looked at the the Bruce Tim black and white statue, which is kind of one of the uh, you know the designer series that uh, the DC director DC's collectibles did for a long lot of their characters mm -hmm. uh, in this case harley got her own black and white uh, line with several uh, top artists doing their own renditions of her in, in these uh, you know black and white statues and of course who else but bruce tim of course had to kick us off in that line i will also mention that uh, we did get a version of the original paul dini sketch which very true uh, speaking of the batman animated book which by the way somebody recently i think it was Maybe a friend of the show, uh, Jordan Gibson, posted on there or retweeted it on their account, retweeted it on their account that uh, there is a, a, a free PDF version of that uh, Batman animated book that you can go check out uh, online and download for free right now from the publisher, I believe. Uh, Chip Kidd, I believe, also retweeted it and posted it. So check that out uh, if, if you have the chance. It's well, well worth, even if you can't get the physical copy, it's well worth it just for the historical tidbits and, and interesting factoids from the, from the original Batman animated series. But there is a original sketch that Paul Dini himself did of uh, what he imagined Harley Quinn looking like. And let's just say she looked way different than what she, uh, the, the classic Harley <laughs> that we know and love. And uh, she looked very much more like a, uh, I, I would say like a secretary, like a, a stuffy secretary mm -hmm. from the 1950s with these big uh, sort of goofy uh, beehive uh, sunglasses and just, just, like a very fifties inspired look that uh, I would say, thankfully did not ultimately translate into the character that we ended up with, but it was a very different take, but we did get a, uh, an homage to Mr. Dini's original sketch with a, with a, a bat, a Harley black and white uh, version of that, uh, that character in, in maquette form. Absolutely. It's a, it, it is a fun bit. Like I said, I, I think ultimately we can, we can probably all agree that the, the classic Bruce Tim designed look is uh, is uh, the the way to go, <laughs> especially <laughs> for this DCAU version. But it is fun that uh, her her real original design, as uh, as sort of dreamed up by Paul Dini in the early days of the series, is uh, it's cool that they were able to immortalize that in statue form. And uh, as as mentioned, Bruce Tim also had his take on Harley in black and white, and actually they, they that statue proved so popular that they ended up releasing a colorized version it's the same pose uh same statue basically in every way except that it is actually in full color unlike the other one so kind of got two releases of the same one there and actually speaking of bruce tim he also had a sort of limited run uh dc direct statue very early days dc direct yeah. uh, it was a one of six thousand statue it's sort of harley lounging across like a deck of cards and uh, it's a, it's a really really cool looking piece. I uh, we'll we'll certainly post pictures of these on our on our Instagram and on our Twitter this week. Follow us at DCAU Review to, to look at them more. But uh, that's a pretty I iconic one. And uh, a lot of those those limited edition early days DC Direct statues. Some of that stuff that uh, ended up in the the Warner Brothers Studio store as well. I'm sure that's uh, that there's some real just incredible craftsmanship and incredible work put into those very limited edition sort of things that sort of went by the wayside because, well, the WB store <laughs> uh, isn't around anymore. So unless you were fortunate enough to have one 
in your area at the time that they were uh, they were a bit more plentiful you probably maybe you've never even seen this one but it's uh, it's a great looking statue yeah the i mean not not surprising uh, some of that early stuff there where uh, I mean, modern modern statues, of course, are also uh, in, in, nice to look at and some of the detailing and the way that things are done now are, are a little bit more faithful to uh, to artwork. A lot of times if you look at it, especially if it's based on a specific artist's rendition, but because of the simplistic simplistic nature of Bruce Timm's artwork, uh, I, I feel like and, and the fact that Harley's design was relatively simple uh, back then, it just, you know, multicolored suit with uh, black and white and red, you know, so nothing, nothing too crazy. It was uh, easily a little bit more easily translated into into a 3D form and, and made that, uh, you know, made to look a little bit more faithful than some of the other things at the time. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a nice looking statue and, 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 uh, something that, again, if you were able to get your hands on that, uh, it's probably worth a pretty penny these days is a lot of that early stuff. Uh, it tends to be. Absolutely. And then uh, wrapping it up, we'll have a couple uh, smaller mentions for the statues here. Uh, marking the 25th anniversary of Batman the Animated Series, Harley actually got a few uh, nods in statue form. The first one being a bust that is sort of representative of that Joker's favor appearance where she's in the cop uniform. You also have like an uh, interchangeable head where you have the uh, the jester head to perhaps make her a bit more recognizable, but uh, a fun throwback to her first appearance as well. And then uh, maybe more, uh, more visually memorable is another 25th anniversary special, which is it's a uh, Harley sort of sitting Batman is tied up and has like a giant red bow tie around his neck and uh, has a little happy anniversary tag around the bow tie and Harley is sort of sitting on, on his back and uh, you actually have a little Harley Quinn 25 statue uh, or logo at the base of the statue as well. So some, some pretty iconic takes as, as mentioned at the top by Cal, uh, as, as well as it being Batman animated series, uh, 25th anniversary at the time. It also of course was Harley's at the time. So her uh, not surprising to see her get some, some extra love with all of that uh, BTAS 25 merch that was making the rounds at the time. Yep, forever linked together. So uh, Batman, the animated series, will always have to share its uh, birthday cake, so uh, proverbial birthday cake. So <laughs> uh, with and, and slightly, I guess in the future, you know, who knows, 50 years from now, whenever now is, it, <laughs> it could be that, uh, that Batman, the animated series is more of a footnote and that uh, Harley ends up getting Harley Quinn Day, sort of the way that uh, some of the, the tentpole characters uh, have, have been celebrated by uh, DC Comics proper. Uh, the last one that I'll mention that uh, statue wise that stuck out to me that, that I'm remembering also comes from that Batman animated book. There was a ceramic statue. I think it was a DC, I want to say Warner, Warner statue also. It's a, it's like a little ceramic statue of her and she's kind of gesturing with her finger towards you. And the way that it's set up in the book is they have this, she's kind of got her hand behind her back and she's gesturing. Uh, and on the one page, they kind of have that and she's smiling sort of devilishly. And then you turn the page and they show the back of the statue and she's got this a, a classic cartoony looking bomb behind her that's <laughs> lit. Uh, so just, I, I love that because that sticks out to me as sort of the, you know, the comedic nature and the, the cartoony nature of the character. But that book is so iconic and has, there's so much about that book that sticks out in my memory that uh, that that one statue also is, is also probably worth some some pennies these days too if you have one of those 
Absolutely. That's a, that's a great one. That's, that's again, that, that can't recommend that animated book again, really exciting that it's uh, available for more people to see online now, but uh, yeah, that's, that's an iconic one as well. And again, there's many more, including ones that are tied to specific episodes that we'll, uh, we'll cover like Mad Love, like Harley's Holiday, uh, certainly ones that we'll cover in a, a volume two of this character spotlight on Harley. But before we get out of here, we of course have to touch a little bit on her action figure appearances. And uh, it's interesting, there aren't that many female characters in in, uh, in a lot of boys, what are considered quote unquote boys toy lines of that era. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the female rogues gallery pretty well represented in the, uh, in the Batman the Animated Series line, you know, Catwoman, Poison Ivy getting figures in that original Kenner line, as well as of course, Harley Quinn with uh, some pretty cool accessories as well. Yeah, she gets a little boxing glove gun that you can uh, stick on her arm, and it's a it's a it's a pretty uh, pretty fantastic likeness. Some of the uh, some of the female figures in that in that Kenner and and ultimately the Hasbro run uh, were I would say less than faithful to the the TV design, so mm-hmm. or what you had seen on TV. And again, maybe it's just the simplicity of the the actual Bruce Tim design in the costume. But I feel like that that character is is pretty uh, pretty spot on, and that figure comes. I think that's from the Batman the adventure. It's technically the Adventures of Batman and Robin series Duo Force, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, that that Harley is uh, is a is a nice representation of that figure and. As you mentioned, uh, that whole line uh, did a did a pretty good job of getting some some female figures out when they could. Uh, so having having a character, the only miscarriage of justice in my mind is that it took so long. That's probably five or six series into the into the run mm-hmm. there that a character that was pretty prominent uh, ultimately did not uh, did not get a better distribution deal there early on but uh at, i guess it's a testimony to the uh to the popularity of the character and that that character maybe wasn't thought of as as being as prominent as a as a poison ivy or a or a Catwoman who uh ultimately were were both either about to be featured in in live action movies or had already been pretty famously featured in live action so yeah we get uh we get a harley figure there and it's it's i think it stands the test of time it's a it's a great figure a great representation and uh one that if if you can get it uh if you can get it you can still get them for i would say relatively uh relatively cheap i don't know the the market for like rookie figures isn't uh hasn't really taken off the way it has for comic book first appearances or rookie cards but uh you know you may want to consider that as an investment since that was her uh, her first action figure in case that market ever does begin to sort of form. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, yeah. I uh, actually have been eyeing one. There's one at my local comic store that's been sitting there for a while and it's not particularly expensive. Uh, so I've been, I've been kind of thinking it would be fun to get that just because again, it's, it's the first one. So you kind of, it's kind of fun to mark the occasions for things like that sometimes, even if it isn't necessarily the most uh, financially rewarding, like, uh, like those comic, uh, like that comic we were talking about earlier, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, moving on from there, it was a little bit of a drought for, uh, for more DCAU Harley figures, uh, at least ones based on the original Batman, the animated series design, but uh, thankfully uh, DC direct and DC collectibles ended that drought in the, in the 2010s with not only a solo release with some, some fun accessories. This, this Harley figure has been re-released quite a few times 
And uh, and also, of course, she was one of the characters along with Batman and the Joker to get what is known as the expressions pack, which uh, not only came with a bunch of interchangeable heads with, as you get it different facial expressions but also uh come comes with uh bud and lou the hyenas also included with that set so uh those d those dc direct and collectible figures really i mean they're they knocked it out of the park with 90 percent of those i think there's a few that i think not 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 the Harley figure i think there's a few in the uh the bat family side of things that aren't great but the the, the harley figures uh in that dc direct line pretty uh pretty great yeah, I, I I concur. It's it's pretty much a, a home run. Again, very very well representative of of the original design and what you see on screen. As you mentioned, her accessories. She comes with a Joker fish, which is great, and she also mm-hmm. comes with her her pop gun, which is fantastic with a with a standard release. We also did get a hard to tell whether or not it's based on the new Batman Adventures uh, uh, episode directly because it comes with the comic book and the Joker figure with it is based on the Batman the Animated Series look, but there was a, a Joker and Harley two pack that, that was packaged with a, a copy of Mad Love uh, and she's sort of in her negligee uh, fam- famously from, hey, you want to, uh, don't you want to rev up your Harley line? Uh, so you, you have that and then uh, as you mentioned, the the expressions pack that not only come with uh with bud and lou but she's got uh she's got some roller skates that are later featured in the, the harley's holiday episode uh she comes with a a bazooka with a boxing glove on the end of it uh and then uh, as you mentioned multiple of those classic harley expressions which were so uh so si- her signature looks from the episodes and uh also uh, the aforementioned half fish suit complete with the uh the <laughs> eyes sticking out of it so uh, you can recreate your favorite scene from uh from the laughing fish as well so yeah that's a that's a that whole series is is was done so incredibly well and uh i'm uh, you know that figure is is also included in in that that it's it was done really well and then ultimately uh i think it was last released uh one last time with the in the batman the adventures continue line that that uh had some cell shading uh, on it and uh, was uh, came with the the uh, the Harlequin uh, grappling hook I think that she uses in, <laughs> in the uh, Harley's holiday is either Har- Harlequin eight or the Harley's holiday episode that she uses it in that uh, has a Joker head on it so uh, yeah there's some some uh, some some great different versions of that character plenty plenty of them out there I think the uh, the expressions pack is is probably the most expensive of that set so if you're looking to get get that you may want to save your pennies uh last i checked it was a couple hundred dollars so uh not not easy to come by and and uh and, and a little expensive but uh, you can get yourself uh one of those if you're looking to uh, for relatively cheap especially the uh, the latest iteration of that is probably still available on amazon or most most uh toy store sites so yeah, those are some great, uh, great versions of that character and while again while we haven't had a lot of representations it, it's almost like you've had the defining versions of those characters done so well, you almost don't need another version uh, unless you're talking about a different scale, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Um, I mean, McFarlane in their, their main sort of retail DC multiverse line did do a, it's not officially a Batman, the animated series Harley, but it's referred to as classic Harley and has a very, has a very cartoonish face, uh, but uh, yeah, I think once if you're if you're looking for something in that scale, you're 
probably just going to look at one of the versions of the uh, the DC Direct line that you're uh, that you're that was just really nailed nailed the the likeness and everything from the series. Yeah, I will. I will say also, collectors uh, were teased a little bit this year at uh, San Diego Comic Con by uh, Mondo, uh, who is responsible for some really fantastic one-sixth vinyl figures uh, based on Batman the Animated Series. They started with a Batman and then uh, did a a Mister Freeze, and then uh, followed that up with a Catwoman, and they are. Uh, just uh, just launched their Joker version uh, of that figure also. And these are uh, expensive collectibles, designer collectibles, I would say. Uh, one one sixth size, so a little over 12 inches or, or, or yeah, probably run 13 or 14 inches tall, come with stands and multiple heads and hands and different expressions. And they're exclusive versions that you can get only through Mondo. And then uh, their you know, retailers sell them uh, in, a, in sort of a standard version. But they did tease at San Diego Comic-Con. A, a Harley Quinn is coming for that, uh, that series, likely, I would assume, in the next a year or so but uh yeah that uh as far as different different scales if you're looking for a five inch uh tall to go with your your classic kenner figures you really only need the one if you're looking for your your six to seven inch with with the dc uh director collectibles set you you have your one that you really need and then uh if you're going any anything else you, you probably are looking at different scaling if you're looking to have something uh uh, that uh, to join your collection because pretty much everything else has been really defined. Yeah, Liam. So I guess that will begin to wrap us up here, at least for volume one of Harley Quinn's DCAU character spotlight. Uh, if we missed anything, feel free to tweet us at DCAU review. Uh, I'm sure there might be one or two things that we maybe a mention or a, uh, a, a brief cameo that we may have forgotten to mention, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's uh, the, at least for the first season. And then the, uh, the, the Batman, the animated series merchandise that we, uh, we covered, feel free to tweet us with your favorite merchandise. If you have a, a particular Harley Quinn piece that you enjoy, tweet us at DCAU review or leave us a comment on Instagram at DCAU review. We invite you of course, to subscribe to our podcast. You can check out, as we mentioned, all of the episodes, that we've reviewed thus far that we mentioned on this episode, as well as our entire catalog, both at dcaureview.com on your favorite podcast app and at the youtube.com slash the pod tower, which of course features not only a coverage from us and on all of our reviews, but uh, also features some, some reviews and I'm sure some discussions on Harley Quinn uh, on uh, from some other great content creators and uh, our pals at, at the watchtower database and Tim talk. So I uh, check that out as well. Subscribe to that. If you will, uh, if you w- wish to support the podcast, subscribing to us on your podcast app or uh, subscribing to us on that YouTube channel helps a lot. Liking our videos, leaving five-star reviews on your podcast app uh, takes a little bit of time, but helps us a lot. And of course, if you want to support us monetarily, you have a couple different ways you can do that. You can buy a, a piece of merchandise, head over to dcaureview.com, click on the merch tab. You can also use the link on our anchor site, anchor FM or the link that's posted, uh, I believe, on all of our other uh, subscriptions. No matter what podcast app, you can uh, check out the anchor link there and uh, support us directly if you so choose to. But uh, yeah, Liam, we are uh, we are we are surprisingly coming to the end here of a, a great month honoring uh, this landmark, not only uh, character in Harley Quinn, but uh, the the Batman the Animated Series 30th anniversary itself. But 
when it comes to Batman the Animated Series, and it's, this is the foundation of what we do here, I don't think one month is enough. But I also think that we can't simply just keep going forward without taking a look at the past. What do you think, Liam? I think that's a wonderful idea, Cal. Yeah, as we begin to uh, to look forward to what we'll be doing in October, we're kind of doing something a bit more experimental here. Um, We've been doing our show for for quite a few years now, and the show has evolved a little bit as far as what we, how we talk about these shows, the amount of detail we go into, the amount of credit given to the people working on the shows. I think was was lacking in those uh, in those earliest episodes. So we thought it would be fun to kind of do a a re review, uh, if you will, uh, in honor of the 30th anniversary of some of those iconic early episodes that we covered very early on in our own show and maybe didn't give the proper attention to detail that uh, those episodes deserved. That's right, Liam. So we will be doing a uh, sort of a greatest hits. We'll be, uh, we'll be having some special guests join us uh, in, in reviewing some of those, uh, those episodes that we've, uh, we tackled very early on. But this gives us an opportunity, as you mentioned, to, to take a look uh, in depth at some of the areas maybe that we glossed over. It also, uh, for some of our newer listeners that, uh, you know, that haven't, don't ha- haven't checked out those earlier episodes or, or, or you know, have uh, put themselves through s- some of the torture of listening to us as we were still finding our feet and, and discovering <laughs> sort of our, uh, our back and forth and, and how we would format the podcast. This gives you an opportunity without having to scroll too far uh, to, uh, to, to f- hear our thoughts on some of these classic episodes. So yeah, we will be kicking things off with uh, the first week he- in October as we turn the calendar page with what else, Liam? But the very first episode of Batman, the animated series, and we won't be I don't think we'll be revising our scores very much. We may look and figure out if we uh, if we still agree with our original scores, but I don't know that we'll be doing revisions necessarily. But as we said, we'll be inviting some some of our friends and guests along the way to uh, to join us in some of our, our reviews. So we look forward to getting some some other opinions on on these classic episodes and and checking back in to see where we stand as far far as uh, whether or not we still agree with ourselves or not, based on uh, <laughs> what we thought maybe five years ago as, as we come up on our, our, our own fifth anniversary of doing this podcast. That's right. Yeah, I think it'll be fun to get some, uh, some alternative uh, appearances, maybe add a little meat to the bone. Like we said, these are, these are not repeats. We are not uh, just putting the old episodes into the new slot. We are going to watch these again and Kind of look at them a little on a little bit of a deeper level than we did in our original reviews and uh, yeah hopefully we'll get to have some some fun friends along for the ride and uh, and we'll have a good time with it absolutely i can't wait to do that we've been kicking around this idea for a little bit and we look forward to hearing some feedback from you and uh, the listeners on how how you enjoy this so feel free to make your voice heard at dcau review on twitter but uh very excited to do that liam starting next week cannot wait but until then I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.